Thank you very much for coming. If you watched the first TV... This story starts with a press conference in the middle of a tough-fought election campaign. You'd have seen Boris Johnson lose his cool. Not anything out of the ordinary, you might think. But what happened next was big news. What I have here is something I can reveal to you. 451 pages of unredacted documents and information. A leak of sensitive documents. Accusations of a cover-up. A potential bombshell that might have changed the outcome of the vote. And all fingers pointed in one direction. Russia. 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 We're now three months on from the UK general election. Those leaked documents were brandished by the opposition Labour Party, and they detailed closed-door talks between Britain and the USA. But they first appeared online, spread by a suspicious network of accounts, which is where our investigation focuses today. By the way, that bombshell revelation failed to explode. Ultimately, the Labour Party lost. The ruling Conservative Party won a landslide. But important questions remain. What actual evidence was there that Britain was targeted by a Russian operation? Why did it fail, or at least seem to fail? And what does all of this mean for future elections? You may have heard there's another big one coming up in November. That was happening. I I was told a week ago, they said, you know, they're trying to start a rumor that Putin wants to make sure I get elected. Listen to this. So I'm Mike Wendling. And you're listening to the BBC Trending Podcast, where we take an investigative look into the world of social media. Today, how did confidential UK government documents end up on social media? And who might be behind the leak? We've been reporting on this story since it broke, but we thought it was about time to take a second look. So we enlisted our reporter, Marco Silva, to take a hard look at all of the evidence. Yes, and it's not exactly easy to piece together But to understand what this story really is all about, we need to go back to that press conference for just a second. All of us behind closed doors by this Conservative government. This is what they don't want you to know. That's Jeremy Corbyn, leader of the UK Labour Party, by the way. But let me explain why he hoped these leaked documents would help his cause. One of Labour's key messages in the electoral campaign had been around Britain's National Health Service, the government-run health care. Jeremy Corbyn said, look, if you let the Conservatives stay in power, they'll let greedy US companies take over big chunks of our health care system. Britain is trying to negotiate all sorts of new trade deals because of Brexit, the leaving of the European Union. Right. And so these documents seem to back the Labour Party's theory. It's worth saying this is a very emotional issue here in the UK. Uh, British people feel very protective about the healthcare system. Yes, so I've had a look at the leaked documents. They describe a number of talks between UK and US officials. And one of the topics they discuss is indeed drug prices and drug patents. The documents are marked... Official, sensitive, UK eyes only. So various journalists have been asking where had he got the leaks from. That's Ben Nemo. He works for an American company called Graphica, where he leads a team looking at all sorts of online trickery, false stories, propaganda, that kind of stuff. My job is to investigate things like that and try and find anything I can about the origin of online stories. At the time, the Labour Party refused to say how it got hold of the documents. By the way, I asked them again recently and they're still tight-lipped. But anyway, when Ben heard of these leaked documents, he decided to start digging. 
and found that the same documents had been posted on a sharing site called Reddit the month before. The account which was posting them, it was a couple of years old, but it had only started posting a few weeks before it posted the leaks. And its use of English was non-native. A good example of that was the title of the post that contained these leaked documents. Um, I'm going to get my laptop here to, to read out the headline. Great Britain is practically standing on her knees working on a trade agreement with the US. Now, if you're a native English speaker, either you're standing or you're kneeling. Standing on your knees is not an idiom. But Marco, of course, the fact that whoever posted these documents wasn't a native speaker of English isn't really proof of anything. No, but there are more clues. This mystery Reddit user went by the name Gregoratior. In my field, we love unique names because they make for a really good Google search. Very quickly, it became apparent that there was a Twitter account with the same name. At Gregoratior. But don't go looking for it. The account has been suspended. The only thing that the account had been doing was trying to draw the attention of UK journalists and UK politicians, trying to get them to read the Reddit post. At UK Labour at Labour Press, Reddit publishes 500 pages of UK-US trade and investment working group hidden documents. Meanwhile, another account under that same name, Gregoratio, had also been busy posting the leaked documents on a site called Before It's News. It's a conspiracy-heavy site and pretty much anyone can publish stuff there. Okay, so there's evidence of linked accounts all trying to call attention to these leaks, but not as of yet any direct link to Russia. Nope, but I promise you, it will all make sense soon. As it turns out, Gregoratio wasn't the only one trying to push out these leaked documents. Simultaneously, an unknown persona in German had posted a link to the Reddit document on three different German language sites. One, a Reddit page in German. But of the two others, one was a local news site in Austria and the other one was a tiny, tiny blogging platform based in Berlin. It was that combination of websites on the German side which really gave the big clue that this was more than just an innocuous piece of online traffic. That combination had been the characteristic combination of a very large-scale and long-running deception operation coming from Russia, which Facebook had started to uncover and my team had helped to expose back in June of 2019. What Ben called Operation Secondary Infection. How very 007. <laughs> yes, and uh, here's how it worked. Would you like to run a deception operation on social media? Yes? Well, come along then. Step one, create a fake document, a fake image, a fake post. Whatever you fancy. Is it wacky and clickbaity? Good! Step two, create bogus social media accounts. Fake name, random photo. Do they look shifty? It doesn't matter. You'll only use them once or twice. Step three, look for shady websites willing to publish your fakery. No questions asked. Found them? You're a true pro. Step four. Grab a link to your brand new shady post and promote it on social media until the cows come home. Step 5. Translate your post into other languages. After all, the more people who talk about your fakery, the better. 
Marco. <laughs> that was quite something. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. But more to the point now, um, this operation, secondary infection, was pushing out crazy fake stories about a supposed domestic plot to assassinate the British Prime Minister, about plans for an American chemical attack in Venezuela. Insane stuff. So, of course, looking into these kinds of bonkers stories is exactly our kind of thing here at Trending. And we know that there's a number of reasons people write and spread stories like this. Often, it's just the money that you can earn from clicks. Sometimes it's satire or twisted humor. And sometimes it's a deliberate political ploy to undermine some person or some institution. That's right. Luckily, none of these fake stories ever went very far. But the important thing to bear in mind is all of the secondary infection forgeries were always spread using the same unusual websites and methods. So when Ben started digging into the Reddit leak, he thought, hold on, I've seen this before. The tradecraft was absolutely identical. And so suddenly from being an interesting curiosity of the Internet age, suddenly the Gregoratio leak started sending up real warning signals that this had a very, very strong resemblance to a known Russian information operation. In other words, this was done either by the people behind secondary infection or someone who copied their way of doing things. OK, so we have a match. The way in which those leaked British trade documents were spread was exactly the same as a previously uncovered operation, which can be traced back to Russia. But Marco, here's the thing. You were talking about how that previous operation was spreading crazy stories. Here's the difference I see. Those leaked trade documents published on Reddit, they look pretty real. That's right. And there is a very, very strong chance they are real. When most political reporters got hold of the Reddit documents, they seemed to think they looked authentic. And nobody from the British government or the Conservative Party came out and said, these are real. But there were no denials either. I tried to get some clarity out of the government, but they say they aren't commenting while there's an investigation going on. So some of the authorities are looking into the leak. Yes, the National Cybersecurity Centre here in the UK. They're probably trying to find out whether this was a leak by an insider or a hack by someone who stole the documents. That's the biggest open question about this whole affair is still... How did internal UK government documents end up on Reddit in the first place. Has there been a hack? Well, we have no idea, but Reddit did release a statement in December saying they believe the leak was part of a campaign that has been reported as originating from Russia. They identified and banned 61 suspicious accounts and more importantly, they seem to back Ben Nemo's theory that the way in which these documents emerged and were shared online mimicked Operation Secondary Infection. Okay, so we keep talking about Russia, but what I want to know is, is there any hard evidence that the Russian government was involved in these leaks? Well, the bottom line is, we just don't know. But there are certainly reasons for us to be suspicious. We know that this was a substantial operation. We know that it was a long-running operation. It doesn't look like a private enterprise. It looks much more like the kind of thing a state would run. But we don't have the final attribution on that. 
I did contact the Russian embassy here in London for comment. They said in a statement the Russian state is not connected in any way either to Operation Secondary Infection or the leak of these trade documents on Reddit. But despite these denials, this isn't the first time we've heard of possible Russian interference in elections. My name is Lisa Maria Neutert. I'm a researcher at the Oxford Internet Institute. Lisa Maria looks at how social media can be used to manipulate the public. It's not the first time that we have seen internal documents that were being leaked for political motivations. The first um, example that is on everyone's minds is, of course, the DNC hack in the U.S. On the eve of the convention, WikiLeaks released thousands of emails. Thousands of emails sent by staff working for the Democratic National Committee, the group that runs the Democratic Party, were leaked to the public. Some embarrassing stories came out. And it became a big deal in the 2016 U.S. presidential election. But we've also seen that in elections in the EU and in Europe, for example, um, during the French elections. The front runner in the French presidential election says his campaign has been hacked. Picture this. It's just a few hours to go before France chooses a new president. And then suddenly a batch of documents stolen from Emmanuel Macron's campaign is dumped online. He won the election anyway. I remember that well. We covered it at the time here on Trending. Now, in those two cases, evidence clearly pointed to Russia. The Kremlin has dismissed both accusations, by the way. But the point is this. What does Lisa Maria think about the theory that the Kremlin might also be linked to the British leak as well? There needs to be careful attribution work. It might be Russia. Yes, Russia does have that strategy in their playbook, um, but it's also many other. It could be governments, it could be private actors, um, it could be some sort of hacker collectives that are doing that. It could be some sort of tech-savvy trolling that is happening. So there are many kind of actors that are hacking private information. This is a very politically charged environment. It's easy to think it must be a political motive. I think that's likely, but I think that there are other possible explanations as well. The operators were brilliant at covering their tracks. You would be foolish to leave a paper trail. That's Elizabeth Braw. She works for the Royal United Services Institute for Defence and Security Studies, a think tank here in London. So it, it may or may not be the Russian government, but I don't think the absence of a, uh, an electronic link of some sort of paper trail to the Russian government means that it was absolutely not the Russian government. Like any organization involved in shady dealings, you just make sure to cover your tracks or not to have any tracks in the first place. In other words, you wouldn't expect these individuals to have uh, emails ending in gov.ru. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Charging seven Russian military officers with violations of several U.S. criminal laws for malicious cyber activities against the Unfortunately, United States. we have a situation where it's very easy to blame Russia and uh, Russia plays a villain quite well. Russia, with its very limited resources, is now on its own becoming this enormous adversary that the West apparently can't defeat. And we obsess about its potential, its power every single day. And that is extremely dangerous because we neglect to examine the activities of other countries that want to weaken our societies. Such as... 
such as China, such as North Korea, such as Iran. What happened here in the UK, how this stash of confidential documents was leaked online, how it disrupted the electoral campaign, the whole thing may still be shrouded in mystery. But in the US, some have been taking notice. All of us remember 2016. What we remember is efforts by Russians and others to try to interfere in our election and divide us up. I'm not saying that's happening. But it would not shock me. I saw some of those. That's Bernie Sanders. He's one of the candidates trying to get the Democratic nomination to run against Donald Trump in November. And his feelings are echoed by many people who haven't forgotten about the impact the DNC hack had back in 2016. Hugh did a survey of Americans asking them whether they thought that Russia had interfered with the 2016 elections. And 50% of Americans thought that Russia had interfered. Now... It's not completely clear how much Russia interfered and whether it had an effect. What matters is that half of the U.S. population thinks that Russia interfered. And that is a devastating situation. My big question for 2020 is how seriously are the different campaigns taking their cyber defences? Ben Nemo again. Because once you've been hacked, then it's too late. There aren't any systems in place that are going to stop the leaks getting out there. Now, again, we don't know for sure whether the trade leaks came from a hack or a normal whistleblower. But what the trade leaks showed was how how much attention leaks can draw during an election campaign. And in the context of 2020 and from what we saw in the 2016 election, my big concern for 2020, that the thing which could have most impact on the campaign is going to be hacking and leaking. Taking this back to the essential question that this story comes down to. Was there Russian interference in UK election? Mm -hmm. With the evidence we have, we cannot say. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you can already tell I'm a researcher. I'm very evidence-based. Of course, of course. You may not be able to hear it there, but there's a hint of frustration in my voice. Not with Lisa Maria, obviously, but with our collective inability to get an answer. We know there's strong evidence to say this was a planned operation. We see the links with a separate operation that started in Russia. But was the Russian state behind this leak of sensitive UK government documents? We just can't say for sure. We can't. As journalists, our jobs are often made possible because of leaks. Stories that we're able to tell because someone decided to share a secret with us. But sometimes it's almost as important to ask, why is this secret being shared right now? And how has it come about? Sometimes those answers may well be the real story. That's it for Trending This Week. I'm Mike Wendling. Thanks to our reporter, Marco Silva. If you have any clues, any new leads you think might help get us to the bottom of this mystery, do get in touch with him. His email is marco.silva, that's M-A-R-C-O dot S-I-L-V-A, at bbc.co.uk, or he's on Twitter at Marco L. Silva. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for BBC Trending. And I promise you, we're much easier to find than that pesky Gregoratier. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in about a week.
Are you worried about the coronavirus? Or are you wondering whether people might be worrying too much? It would be really good to have an overview of the survivability and not just the worst case scenario. What do we need to learn about it? What is the World Health really doing in case this coronavirus finds its way into Africa? This is Jackie Leonard from the BBC's Global News Podcast. And in response to concerns about the spread of the virus, we've put together an episode in which our own BBC panel of experts answers questions from listeners around the world. From Tokyo in Japan. From Nigeria. From China. In the state of Arizona, the United States. In Bavaria, Germany. To find it, just search for Global News Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and look for the special episode released on the 2nd of March. Is this something that's going to be around for a very long time. That's the Global News Podcast from the BBC World Service.